Hello, everybody, and welcome to Beg and Boardcast, episode number 283. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out November 15th, 2015. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week it's time for a trading policy, and this is a Paul baby. Oh, uh, yeah, this is uh, my pick for the look back or what do we trade in policy? Yeah. You just said it and I didn't listen apparently. Uh, I, and I picked uh, Avatar The Last Airbender from Dark Horse Comics and this is uh, The Promise Part 1. It's okay. You, and you promise this is uh, a different story. We're drinking. And when I say we're drinking, I mean you guys are drinking because I don't have anything yet. But I'll still have stuff to talk about. Well, you know, we're doing a nooner episode here on a Sunday, so uh, brunch time drinking. <laughs> And we're going to start off with a uh, homebrew. Uh, this is but the not our homebrew. homework series, uh, batch number six from Ballast Point. Um, I picked this up because it was four ninety nine, uh, 7.8%. And what I thought was really interesting with it is it came with a little card here that gives you the exact recipe to make this beer. Hmm. Down, uh-huh. down to, like, the mash temp, what it should be, how long for the mash time, the yeast the pounds of uh, malts and everything you would need to make this beer, which I thought was really kind of interesting. Um, you don't see that too often. Usually you have to find like a, a book that has the clones recipes in it and everything. So I thought that was cool that they were putting that out. Um, and this is a very nice porter. It's not too smoky. Um, when I, my first sip, I said to Paul, this tastes like a dry stout port, you know, porter mm-hmm. version. Yeah. Because um, it does have that little bit of dryness, but it's in an enjoyable porter. It's nothing crazy good about it, but it's just an enjoyable porter. Yeah, it reminds me of that Irish dry stout that uh, who put out? It was a green label. And it's uh, again? No, uh, was it Brooklyn? Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn Brewing Company. They had an Irish dry stout. For their seasonal. We don't really drink Brooklyn beer. I know, but that was one of the we ones that I actually it, enjoyed. And yeah. it was a really nice dry. It, it's something that was just completely different because I never had a dry stout before. Yeah. Um, I look for I, it all the time now. Mm-hmm. And, and this tastes exactly like that, except it does have a nice richness, uh, richness on the back. Uh, maybe because I've been drinking coffee since it's so early. But I, I was getting a little bit of that uh, kind of coffee flavor aftertaste. But maybe that's because... No, it's there. It's, okay, got, that, there. it's got a little bit of that roastedness that mm-hmm. would give you like the coffee aftertaste. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice little uh, nice little porter. Mm-hmm. If you were looking for like a, something like a nut brown ale, you know, a brown ale, but didn't want anything too heavy... I would go with this. It's nice and light, and it's got that roasted flavor that you kind of look for in a brown. Yeah. If you're like, huh, I'm looking for something different to try. I like porters. Hey, this beer is 499 I mean, you can't go wrong with that. That's why I picked it up like, well, whatever else I get, like, this is going to be worth the price no matter what. <laughs> Chris, you were drinking yesterday? I, I drank yesterday. Oh. What, what did you drink yesterday? Before. Ooh. Uh, what? what? Party weekend. A little bit of a party weekend. I was off from uh, one of my jobs in the morning, and then I just worked my other job in the evening, so that meant I could do some day drinking. Hmm. Um, And yesterday, I actually wound up going to Universal Studios. 
And while I was there, uh, I stopped by the Springfield, USA section of the park, and I got myself a chicken and waffle sandwich from Cletus's Chicken Shack. Hmm. But then I got myself a beer from uh, Moe's Tavern, and I actually got the Dufftoberfest, which is an Oktoberfest beer. Um, so it's a limited edition. All of their beers are actually brewed by the Florida Beer Company. And guess what, guys? What? What? I found an Oktoberfest that I like. Hey! It was actually like really good. Um, a Marzen? Nice, or? On it, nice amount of spice. But uh, guess what? What? It's a limited edition beer that uh, once that keg is gone, the guy behind the bar is like, that's that's basically it until they decide to do this again. Hmm. Wow. Uh, well, that's kind of cool. But yeah, I, I think it's awesome that Florida Beer Company has such a great relationship with Universal Studios that they'll brew these beer for them. Um, they even brew stuff for the NBC Grill and Brew that's in City Walk. There, uh, I had something from there the other day too. Pretty good. Um, Florida Beer Company becoming one of those kind of go-to breweries because you can find a lot of their stuff pretty much anywhere here, and it's all really good. A uh, few things that are pretty stand out, but for the most part, even the beers that aren't great, it's still something that's drinkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we had and, the, we had a taste of the one wizard ale in um, the Harry Potter world there. I didn't yeah, have th- that. Like, those are really good. Yeah, uh, way to go, Florida Beer Company! You have an Oktoberfest that I I will drink. And it only took until three years in November to find it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then, like once that keg's kicked, which was probably today, they they have no more at. Uh, Springfield. You know what's also like that? Where uh, once it's gone, it's it's no longer you can no longer get it. What news? Ooh, because once I, it's once it's sat too long, it's no longer news. We still go back. We could. Yeah, well, we, we go back. We go back. We go back. We go back. Goodbye. So nobody's stopping us. Mm-hmm. Uh, not much news uh, this week for us. Um, we did get an announcement that the final runtime for Star Wars The Force Unleashed, or Force Awakens, is uh, announced. Two hours and 15 minutes. Which I'm happy it, with this time. Which it, well, it's basically the same amount of time as the original trilogy, because John asked, uh, and we did some research before the show. Ooh. Hey, Star Wars, the original, New Hope, two, two hours and seven minutes. Uh, no, two hours oh, and six, a lot sixteen. In that movie too. Yeah, two hours and sixteen. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, two hours seven, and then two hours and thirteen minutes for Return of the Jedi. So, there's about. Now, so. Just on that topic, quick. Those movies don't seem like they're that long because so much stuff happens in it, but it's just like mm-hmm. it's rapid fire. Like, yeah, it's not bogged down by uh, explaining metachlorians. Or 15 minutes of pod racing? Yep. Okay, I gotta get this movie that's not that good to at least two hours. <laughs> what do I need? But I gotta fill it in with Metachlorians. Yeah. You know, have the movie. Pod racing. Mm-hmm. Um, John, have you watched the video on Cracked about how Jar Jar is like the secret yes. villain? Yeah. That opened my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does basically put Emperor Palpatine into power. Uh, it it goes deeper than that, though. And um, he's the one that helps unite the Nabooians, the people of Naboo, with the Gungans. Uh, Paul, I, I recommend you check it out. Listeners, if you haven't seen this, go over to YouTube, just to crack.com's channel. 
Uh, it's a video that came out maybe last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. Now. I don't recall when. Yeah, I think it was last week. But there's an internet theory going around that Jar Jar was actually supposed to be like the villain behind the uh, the Star Wars prequels. And the evidence that they present is it's pretty damning for the guy. Hmm. And it's it's more than just the like oh he put the emperor in position like because everyone knows that but it's <laughs> oh. it goes much darker than that yeah and also like <laughs> like they they talk about like how like when he's having that like the fight scene at the end um, mm-hmm. of the first movie how he's like moving around and they show like drunken master yeah. kung fu. Right, and he's basically he's he's mimicking those exact moves for rolling around and blocking punches and doing that. He's doing that, and it's like it was, it was just kind of like, well, if they had done this, then yeah, okay, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, and then it was even the thing <laughs> right? with uh, yeah. George Lucas okay. saying in the interview that like, oh, you know, some characters change and some surprises we had weren't fulfilled because of you know how people felt about stuff, and it's like really like. You never seemed to care before. <laughs> Why would you care now? Well, I think this is a little bit of us looking back at the prequel tr- trilogy and, like, anything would be better. Like, it doesn't matter at this point. You could tell me anything, uh, and I would be like, yeah, that might be better than what we actually got. Yeah. So even Jar Jar having a more complete r- role seems better, but I don't think if we got that and we're looking back at it now, we would be talking about... Well, that was just stupid. Like, <laughs> Jar Jar, come on. That cameo character that should have just been yeah. there for kids. But if there was that scene where, like, freaking Anakin's, like, crawling out of the melted steel or whatever, and then Jar Jar just walks up and, like, throws, like, a hanky on him, like, clean yourself up, bitch. And then, like, walks away with a lightsaber killing other people. John is slowly nodding at me. <laughs> hey, uh, it's an audio medium, John, and our uh, listeners cannot hear your slow nod. That's why I have uh, co-hosts to explain what I'm doing. Oh, silence. It's very true. Well, also, if they did follow through with this, who knows what the tone of the rest of the movies would have been and how it would have changed it. And I think that's kind of what is the most interesting thing about this. Like, It could have changed the overall general feel of the movies themselves, not just how we kind of look back at them. Yeah. Or, you know, this could just be more wild fan speculation and then mm-hmm. just trying to, like, justify it with little things that happen, like, in the animation, you know. Like what Paul just said. <laughs> yes. That's that's why I was agreeing with Paul. Oh, thank you. And that's why you're here, Paul. Because Chris and I are going to go, wow, look at this, and then you're going to be the voice of reason. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Uh, yeah. No, I don't like that. That sounds like fun, guys. <laughs> well, the more uh, talking about the weird and uh, theories, the more I, I've read about the you know because originally I when I first heard about the theory that uh, Luke Skywalker is a villain of the new movies coming out, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense because it's so and so in that suit, Blue Coon. Yeah, uh, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. <laughs> um. That doesn't make sense to me. Oh, he's like the person behind Kylo Ren. And okay, now that, and he went to the dark side, like during Return of the Jedi. Like he defeats the Emperor because he does turn to, to hate and violence in order to defeat Vader. He doesn't become a Jedi Knight. 
see, and now, now let's get into fan speculation time. Why not? I, I feel like it's more he's withdrawn himself because Kylo Ren and Rey are his kids, and he's trying to take a step back so they don't follow in his footsteps. Like, he sent them to separate places, much like Obi-Wan did to him. And just to have them, like, kind of grow up on their own, and you're going to get Rey going down more the Luke path, and you have Kylo Ren going more down the Anakin path. And then he's mm-hmm. going to have to step in between the two of them. That's going to be what brings him out of his exile. His retirement? His, his Obi-Wan... Uh, Obi-Wan-esque retirement. I, I was just thinking about this the other day, like how how Luke is actually kind of stupid. Okay. Nope. He is, he's, was a whiny kid from Tatooine well, well, that didn't know no, shit. Here's the thing. He didn't even go to Academy. No, no, here's the thing. Oh, the droids here, they say they belong to an Obi-Wan Kenobi. I wonder if they mean Old Ben Kenobi. Yeah, they have the same last name, dickhead. Like, <laughs> they probably might know each other. Well, that, he says, I wonder if they're related. In the movie, so... But it's just like... He pieced it together I, all by I himself. I they mean, that guy. And yeah. then his uncle, you know, says, that crazy old man, I don't want you going near him. That that was one crazy of my old favorite hermit. jokes that they actually made in the Lego Star Wars Droid Tales cartoon that was on Disney XD. Is It's basically a retelling of the whole Star Wars saga. Hmm. But when Luke meets Obi-Wan Kenobi... Uh, Obi-Wan says, like, oh, I changed my name to hide from the Empire. And Luke's like, you didn't change your last name? And then Obi-Wan just fires back, you didn't change your last name. <laughs> he laugh every single time that I see it. And then Luke's just like, what? But Luke did change his last name. He was originally going to be Starkiller, which is what? now the name of the base, that the, the planet. Yeah. The Starkiller uh, base. We have, what, like 36 more days, guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, gonna be nice. I'm not mathing today. A- and two hours and 15 minutes until we've seen the end of it. <laughs> Every Tie it back to the news. Everything kinda, makes sense. Tying it back into the news, too. This is a little bit more Parks and Recty, but this is something that I'm looking forward to. Is They announced the actual opening date of the Star Wars launch bay and the new Star Tours uh, segments. And it's going to be December 4th. So it's coming up pretty quick before the movie actually debuts, too. Oh. That's cool. Um, and Star Wars Launch Bay is going to be an exhibit that has props and replicas, concept art. Um, Star Wars games that you can play, they're probably going to have Battlefront and Disney Infinity on hand to check out, as well as character meet and greets with Darth Vader and Chewbacca. So it's something cool to get Star Wars into the park a little bit before mm-hmm. the Star Wars land opens up. And they also just debuted a few seconds of footage from the planet of Jakku that you can go to on uh, Star Tours when that comes out too and it looks like your Star Tours speeders following the Millennium Falcon through the ruined Star Destroyer oh that's cool and even though they showed like five seconds I was like I can't wait to go on that so December 4th I know what I'm doing with my day (laughs) nice Star Tours nonstop until I finally get that one planet and not Tatooine (laughs) Talking about playing Star Wars games, I actually don't know if it's on the list or not, but uh, Microsoft has announced that backwards compatibility is coming uh, more in a more robust fa- fashion to the Xbox One. Uh, over 100 titles are going to be available to play on your uh, from the Xbox 360 on your Xbox One. So, and I'm going to guess the first thing you did was look to see if Mass Effect oh, was included. Oh, Mass Effect is definitely included. We all know <laughs> Mass Effect's included, so maybe I'll get an Xbox One. Probably not. 
There's no yeah. Why would point. you? Yeah, I mean to play the new game, but you play mm. most of your stuff on the computer. Yeah, play it on the PC. Yeah, yeah. Isn't the, that the same as the computer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so that's why. Sounded I'm like you I corrected me. Like, no, I play it on the PC, John. You jerky. I was actually thinking about playing games today too. Um, I I want to revisit Diablo because it's been a little bit since I've played that. I still haven't finished all of the downloadable content for Borderlands pre-sequel, so that's something I'd like to do. Um, you fight something you and I were talking about, John. Uh, the new Netflix exclusive Bob and David, the sketch comedy show starring Bob Odenkirk and David Cross is out. I want to do that today. Yep. Mm. Um, but I was also thinking, I really want to play Darksiders again. Really? Not just because they have the new game coming out from um, Joe Maduero based off of Battle Chasers, but... I I just generally liked those games, and I was like, yeah, you know what? That it's probably like two games I could pick up used for like twenty bucks. It's just something fun to have on my library. Yeah, I can understand that. You might be even be be able to get them like on um, downloadable. Downloadable, yeah. For, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was going to look into that today too. Mm-hmm. My day is full because I'm doing website work too. So man, wow, wow. Oh, right. I'm going for a corned beef dinner after this. Nice. Where are you going to get a corned beef dinner from? Caitlin's mom makes it. Nice. She makes it super good. I had it like a month and a half ago. I haven't had corned beef since uh, last time I was in Buffalo and I went to Savory's and got the corned beef hash. Um, Mm. Well, let me tell you what she does. Okay. So she boils boils everything. Mm -hmm. Then she takes it out. She puts the beef on a pan, like a Mm -hmm. baking sheet. Surrounds it by the veggies. They were also boiled. They were also boiled. Okay. Then she makes like a brown sugar mustard glaze mm. that she drizzles over the corned beef and over the veggies. Then she bakes it and is the absolute best corned beef I've ever had in my life. I don't want to eat corned beef any other way. You used to love your your slow cooker recipe for your corned beef. You used to be in love with that. Oh, You're yeah. Like, oh, that's the so best. I, I threw it out. Like, I don't need this shit. Sue making corned beef and cabbage. So now you got a new. Oh my god! New top. So good. Corned beef. You know what? Yeah. Uh, man, I haven't had a really good corned beef dinner in forever, just because. Uh, you know. Yeah. Family's not around to make corned beef. <laughs> yeah, but you live, you live right in South Buffalo, there. Yeah, yeah, but still, you, you, when you get seems it, like you go anywhere and get like. Solid corned beef. You, you want you want to come with me for dinner? Yeah, maybe I'll go over to Sue's place and <laughs> have some corned beef. We found out you're not allergic to cats, so you can go. <laughs> Pretty sure I'm not allergic to cats until. You know what? Honestly, sometimes it, it might just be certain cats that you're allergic to too. Yeah, yeah, shitty cats that nobody likes. You know, I'm also, but I'm also uh, somewhat allergic to spending a lot of money on uh, Hearthstone. And, oh, hey, and I'm, I'm trying to. Roped me back in. With way, to, the, way to go back into it. Um, yeah, we actually played a decent amount of Hearthstone when you guys were here two weeks ago, uh, and they actually just released the new so- solo adventure, uh, The League of Explorers. I think that's the name of it. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, because much like you, I'm not trying to put money into this game. Well, that's also the third, it's the third adventure, right? Yep, it's the third of the solo adventures. Yeah, you had uh, Black Black Rock Mountain. You had uh, Next Ramus, Next the uh, Black Rock Mountain, and then yeah, this is. And I've paid actual money for the other ones. <laughs> I was able to justify it by saying like, 
the amount of time it takes me to play, and then the use I'll get out of the cards. I can do this. It's only $20 per wing. It's not bad. It's not terrible. But this time, I'm just trying to play through free by earning gold, and then I'll use the gold to buy them. It's just a slow grind to get that gold. Well, that's because you need to use that gold to buy new cards like I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, I've, I've been buying cards, though, and it's I'm fighting that urge to use the 400 gold I have to buy four packs because it's like I only need another 300 to get that first swing, which will give me, you know, I think 10 new cards. Because once all is said and done, you'll have a collection of 45 new cards that you can uh, have access to in your decks. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a good amount. It's more than they've had for it. any of the other wings. Or I think both of the previous ones combined, I want to say. Wow. It might be a little bit uh, under on that. But mm-hmm. I've gone up against some of the cards in people's decks, and it's like, man, that's a good card. I wish I had that. Well, they, they have those tournament cards out. Like, it's a third pack that you can yeah. buy now. And those cards, like, you see some of those people play them, and you're like, that card's freaking ridiculous. Like, why is this card even in this game? <laughs> This is this, uh, this is stupid. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way I'm gonna win because that guy played that one card. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's the thing. Like, everything has some sort of answer. It's just kind of finding it in the cards that you have, or getting a pack that has the answer in it. What's nice about Hearthstone, though, is they have gone back and like rebalanced cards. You know, it's not unusual, and it's unlike. Magic the Gathering or other like real you know real tabletop trading card games, um, you, they just have to ban it from the tournament, and you got to keep up on those at ratas. This you go on and play, and then suddenly you know you can go look through the patch notes to see what happened with the cards. But honestly, as you play, you learn like oh they yeah they changed this card. It used to be only five mana, now it's eight mana, or it used to be three mana, now it's five. So. I like that it's living, but I, I do agree with you, John, that power creep, like all these kind of games, it becomes an issue where you feel like, man, I haven't even collected the first set yet. Like, yeah. I'm still yeah. missing a lot of the cool cards from that. And now there's two other sets that I should be in, quote-unquote, investing my gold in. And, mm. Yeah, there's, and there's still those, like, must-have cards from the first set that I don't have yet because I either haven't gotten it in a pack or I haven't earned enough dust to create it create, like, it. create that card now are you guys still because chris when you first started playing you were like focusing on like two decks like you were mm-hmm. doing your like just trying to get cards for the uh ne- not necromancer what's it what's this warlock name? the warlock uh like and you were just eliminating and dusting all the other cards like for uh i think warrior and stuff like that are you still doing that are you go are you just doing a more balanced like any card that i get i keep uh, now I'm at the point where any card I I earn I keep unless I have multiples because it gives you the mm-hmm. option to just turn those to dust if you have yeah. more than the two, um, and that's kind of how I've started to round out my collection. And by doing that, it gave me the ability to start creating those other decks. Um, you know, my paladin deck might not be the best because I don't have access to all the cards, but it's better now than it was when I was playing before with just the basic mm-hmm. cards that I had unlocked. And if you are trying to go the free-to-play route, I kind of recommend doing that. Just maybe even stick to, like, three decks that you're like, okay, well, I like playing this one. I'm better at playing this one. And then this is something that I want to work on. Um, For me, my original three were Warlock, 
Hunter, and Mage, because those were the three classes that they actually played in the game. Okay, in World of Warcraft. Yeah, in World of Warcraft, sorry. Should have... No, 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 I was just making sure that Uh, I understood. But then anything else that I earned, I would just turn to dust, because, you know what, I I didn't need this. And then I would keep all of the generic cards that you would earn, Mm -hmm. like the minions that you could use in any any class, because... I would use those to kind of fill in some of the gaps that I had for Hunter because I didn't have that many Hunter cards. That makes sense. Um, and then once I finally started to get strong enough decks in each of those classes, I would focus on collecting something else. Like, okay, I have a great Warlock deck that I have a pretty good win ratio with. You know, I'll start keeping some of the cards for Paladin or Warrior. And I just kind of went from there. Now I have... Pretty decent decks for everything except for Druid and um, Shaman. Hmm. And it's just because those are the classes that I haven't played yet, so I, I just kind of need to put the time into messing around with those ones now. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean it makes sense. Like, I've been reevaluating all my decks because I, I hadn't played for a while, and I just started playing again when I came down there, and then you and I were playing against each other. So it's like, Oh, okay. Like, this was a good deck last year when I was playing. <laughs> I need to redo this. So I keep doing that and being like, okay, I've done this, I've done this. And, like, Paul, you had mentioned about, like, having the mechs and everything. and like, Yeah, and especially like, with the goblin, you know. But I don't know what the cool thing from Grand Tournament is because I haven't played it since Grand Tournament came out. Yeah. But, man, when Goblins vs. Gnomes came out, like, those mech, the interplay of mechs, yeah. And a lot of those cards are could be really powerful for and I, I, cheap. I put know. I put uh, I put a couple decks together with the whole inkling of like those cards on top of like some other cards. So like yeah, it's like you kind of have to formulate that plan. But yeah, it's it's definitely something fun to play with, and I don't mind like because I do wish you could have more than the amount of decks that they give you yeah like they because pre- I, the ones yeah like i do like to play around with my decks but it's like i need to boost this up a little bit i want to try this but i don't want to get rid of my other um priest deck mm-hmm. but i want to like see about spicing it up so i tried i tried a couple times and i like that but i still like the other deck too like it's like oh i wish i could have multiples well, you can have multiples of the same class, and you can rename them all. Yeah. But uh, I understand. But you only have these like eight spots. Yeah. Where if you have one of each class, then you're. I think you got one more spot. Yeah. What I've actually done, because um, I I basically have it set up like that. Like I have one of my spots for each type of deck. I will take a screenshot of my deck list, and then like delete the deck, and then kind of tinker around with another one. And then if I decide I don't like that deck, I have the card list saved. So then all I need to do is just kind of open that up on my phone. Mm-hmm. And then I can just go onto my tablet and then be like, okay, I had two of this card, one of this, two of these, and then just rebuild it. I mean, it's it takes a couple minutes to do, but it's not it seems as, too, too, as time-consuming too as it would be for something like Magic, where you have your box of cards, because you're basically just dragging and dropping. That's too tedious. <laughs> you're, you're insane. You're uh, an insane it, man. It, it's and then like I have certain cards that I have in almost all of my decks, and I kind of build stuff based around those because I know how this card works with this card, which mm-hmm. plays off of this card. So I'll use those almost as 
like my go-to cards, and then I build everything else around that. Nice. Yeah. And that's the news. Hey, little 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 different Hearthstone talk there. I like that. Yeah, that was good. You know, we we don't often get to talk about uh, video games because we're usually talking about beer. Right? Something we talk about often. Mm -hmm. Uh, And right now, John and I, we're drinking Firestone Walker Brewing Company's Velvet Merlin. It's their oatmeal stout. Um, I really love Firestone's Wookie Jack. Their um, black... What is it? Their black Black rye IPA. Black rye IPA. Um, Velvet Merlin, Johnny said this was highly rated, and it 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 should be really good. And I see Velvet, and I'm thinking rich and smooth and creamy. And... um, I'm not getting rich and smooth and creamy. I'm getting, I don't know what I'm getting because I still feel like I'm tasting the last beer. The um, the head on it is very creamy. Mm-hmm. The little bit there is no, creamy. yeah, it's a little creamy. But it's yeah, not. this is just like oh okay, like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get it. It's not the full rich mouthfeel. No, it's got a little bit of smoothness. It's not like. It's hitting me in the face with smoky or, you know, any kind of big flavor. And it lingers. It's a nice lingering, roasted kind of flavor on the tongue. Again, dry. So, you know, these going back to back, uh, uh, beers back to back, both on the drier side of the scale. Definitely makes me want to, with my tongue. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wookie Jack. I'm just going to, anytime. I don't trust Firestone to try much new stuff. I'm just going to keep on going back to Wookie Jack. Uh, I got this because I I wanted to try it, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I've heard a lot, and I've I've sworn off Firestone beers except for Wookie Jack because it just nothing else is good. Mm-hmm. I don't really like anything, and the IPA is okay, and the double IPA mm-hmm. they're okay. Yeah. They're what not- is it? Union Jack and Double Jack? Yeah. They're nothing I actively seek out when I'm mm-hmm. thinking, like, IPA. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this also just, like, why are people talking about this beer? Yeah. You know, there's so many different and better, I think, stouts that you can get. So that is that. Chris, while you were at the parks the other day, either yesterday or the day before, what else did you drink? Uh, well, this is actually a beer that I had... Uh, outside the parks the day before, I went to a friend's house to play some board games. Ooh. Uh, we played some Munchkin, and I I brought Zombies with me because nobody there had played it yet. So I was like, "All right, here we go." Yeah, and if uh, they're a group that's playing Munchkin, they'd probably enjoy Zombies quite a bit too because it's the same kind of messing with each other kind of. Yeah. Exactly, and I mean it's it's just a fun game mm-hmm. on its own. Um, but on the way there, I decided to stop and I grabbed grabbed some beer uh, just from a local Seven Eleven. So. Right off the bat, don't have the best selection. Um, but I was just going to hang out, so I didn't need anything like too showy. You know, it was just something to like share with people. Uh, and they, I've had some good luck at the Seven Eleven before, and they had a gingerbread spiced ale from Blue Moon. Huh. And you know, I'm I'm not the biggest Blue Moon fan. It's one of those beers that if I see it somewhere and they don't have anything else on tap that I would drink, I would go to that because it's light, it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Why not? So I grabbed the gingerbread spice ale, and I have to say, I really enjoyed it. Um, it reminded me a lot of what the Sam Adams, the Mary Mischief was, oh. except since it's 
an ale and not like the stout. It's a lot lighter, much more crisp, very refreshing, but it still gives you a nice gingerbread taste and there's a good sweet on it. But I actually really enjoyed it, and it's probably something I'd wind up picking up again. Um, since it's still like in the 80s here, I don't drink too many of the darker, heavy beers just because I, I really can, unless I'm inside of like a restaurant or a bar. Uh, but this is something that kind of scratches that Christmas beer itch without being too heavy, and I I actually recommend it. Um, <laughs> All those Christmas beers are out right now too. Two X Christmas. Oh, uh, Great Lakes Christmas yeah, ales out. I, I had that the other day. It's really gingery this year. Oh, really? Oh, oh, good. I, I gotta see. I if was I can like, find this it. is less Christmassy and more gingery. Uh, I'm thinking I'm gonna enjoy that. Like, I can't find Great Lakes down here. I mean, sometimes I might be able to like spot it somewhere, but I might go to the beer store and see if it's something that they can maybe try to get in the um the not your father's root beer guys have your not your father's ginger ale going on right now which is supposed to be real nice and gingery mm. Mm. i have to keep an eye out for that one too then man is it really sugary i haven't had it i just was i was just looking up things about it uh, uh, oh by the way i i messaged you guys and i'll give a quick uh beer review uh for a not a beer frank's hot sauce company has out a bloody mary alcohol included it's a five point something percent uh alcohol by volume uh drink and it so is, it's like a like a smirnoff ice yeah like and, malt beverage type thing yeah yeah and it's got the tomato juice in it and it's not really it's not carbonated because you have to shake the bottle first and uh it's not that enjoyable <laughs> it's it's got a sweetness to it because it's flavored with uh, Frank's uh, sweet chi- uh, sweet chili and lime like flavored like dipping sauce kind of thing. Okay, yeah, and, I I know I I've never bought that one, but I tried it at some of the convention we were at. I don't mm-hmm. remember which one they had like the Frank's hot sauce tasting booth there, and yeah. I think they had that one. And it's definitely one of those things where I'm drinking it and I'm like, I just I don't want this to have a sweetness. I want this to have a meaty, savory flavor. It's a Bloody Mary. It's oh, I should have said mentioned. It's a Bloody Mary, uh, and it's all red. And uh, I drank it during the uh, Buffalo Bills color rush game on Thursday night because the Bills were oh, wearing all sense. the Bills were wearing all red. So I was going to support my team by drinking a red drink of the of the Frank's hot sauce Bloody Mary. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, that enjoyable it wasn't it wasn't the worst thing i ever had it isn't the pizza beer that we had (laughs) that was awful i think that's probably what the worst beer we've had on here but man i would still take just the v8 hot and spicy like in a can versus that and i i I really like the hot spicy oh yeah if i'm going to get tomato juice it's the hot and spicy from v8 i will just drink that as Mm -hmm. it is i love it yeah yeah I don't need the alcohol in it. It's it's good. Like I'll have that. Thank you very much. I, I just saw it. I love Frank's hot sauce. I do put that sh- on everything. That's their tagline, by the way. That sh- noise that you made. Well, it's, it's S, and then they have like an asterisk, but it's like yeah. the Nickelodeon splat in red. I put that. Sh- I I S do agree to you. I oh splat. I thought that was just like like some weird calling that you're doing now, and you're just like. Sh- no. no. And then you're like, tagline. I was like, oh, is that what we do now for taglines? You go, shh. 
No, no, that's their tagline. I was confused. Everything. I, I, I was doodling here because I was like, I don't fucking like tomato juice. I'm just gonna color in this mm-hmm. this blob that I. Bag you don't like you don't like tomatoes. Hmm. You don't like tomatoes. You're just weird. Tomato or uh, a little a, a bagel, cream cheese, tomato with a little bit of hot sauce, delicious. Mm, that sounds Salt awful. Delicious. Now, I have some chicken thawing in the fridge right now. I'm gonna be baking with some hot sauce later. There you go. There you go. And it is Frank's, just because <laughs> it's it's so good. I I do put it on everything. No, it's great. Like mac and cheese. Mac yep. and cheese. I say if you're going to chicken do a casserole, really good, uh, chicken. Uh, what is it? Fried chicken. You know, you put your that buttermilk and then some a lot of Frank's hot sauce and then marinate that chicken overnight and that mm. before you fry it up the next day. Well, this episode. Mm-hmm. Brought to you by Frank's Red Hot. Uh, well, they're not a sponsor, but if they're interested, I was gonna say they. Oh, they we should, we should oh, totally, they can totally contact us. Even though I, I just shitted on one of their products. Well, uh, yeah, but it was it was their their drink. Their we own. also didn't we and do? You said it's not the worst thing you've ever drank. Didn't we do shots of Frank's on the show? Because we got those little bottles of Frank's. No. Yeah. No, we talked about it. We were talking about oh, doing we, the hot shots. It just didn't happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of our. Bagged board signature drinks, I think, have had Franks in them. Yeah, it makes sense because I like it. And um, I like a meaty, spicy drink. Like, that's why I always believe I'm going to love a Bloody Mary whenever I order it. And then I'm always disappointed. Yeah. Uh, I looked up Small Town Brewery who make the Not Your Father's mm-hmm. Root Beer, their ginger beer. Mm-hmm. And it says, you know, style ginger beer. So I go under details and it just says, brewed with lemon head candy. Like, really? Why would you like, we put ginger in this. Loads of ginger. Lemonhead candy. Is I know, it, I like lemonheads. I yeah, do it, too, but I just There's some different flavors of lemonheads. Maybe it's their ginger lemonheads. Maybe. They do have those. Well, not, I think you actually got me some one time. Not your mom's ginger ale. That's probably... Hmm. There's also the cream soda that's coming out and all that other jazz. They have lots of good sounding stuff, like not your father's butterscotch beer. Ooh, that I would definitely try. Yeah. You All know right. what else I'd like to try? New comic books coming out uh, November 18th. Indeed. See how I knew the 15th. The 18th. Wait, is it the today's, today's the, oh, the yeah. 15th? Today's the 15th. My bad. So I don't I don't calendar today. I don't know if you know this, guys, no, but I there's don't. somebody at Marvel that listens to this show and goes, "What does John want?" Oh, I know. He wants a Black Knight comic book. <laughs> Uh, and that's why I'm going to be going with Black Knight number one, uh, written you by. You picked him on your all new, all different Avengers team. Yeah, I know. Leader. They listened. Uh, <laughs> written by Frank uh, Terry, art by uh, Luca Piarza. Uh, yeah. Dane Whitman, the Black Knight, back in a series. I know. I I liked when he popped up in. Um... Shield number one, like that was cool. Just seeing him, and like Valkyrie came out of nowhere. Yeah. So look forward to this in our look back, at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whimpering dog noise, Paul. Oh, what are you Paul's, reading? Paul's not excited for it. <laughs> Paul, uh, we stand a better chance with this one than anything else he would bring to the that, table. That is very true. Uh, hey, hey, what was uh, what was the books that I brought the last couple months? Have been pretty been good. good. Yeah, yeah, they've been. Some some better than mine. Twilight Children. What's that yeah, bullshit about? Yeah, that was about? horrible. 
But this one, I, I'm hoping because uh, that you guys will enjoy, is because it was one of Chris's picks for Ooh. our draft. And this is Spider-Woman number one, uh, written by Dennis Hopeless, art and cover by Javier Rodriguez. Uh, it's Jessica Drew as a private inge- investigator, uh, superhero, and soon to be an expectant mother. There we go. Expectant mother is probably the best way to put it. So yeah. uh, I, I think it's that life is a life character kind of stories that I want to be reading. You know, that's why I've been enjoying Harley Quinn. It's why I enjoyed um, some of the other Marvel books, Miss Marvel. Um, so here's another one in that vein. Uh, yeah, and. Spider-Woman definitely kind of exists in that corner of the Marvel Universe that we've really been enjoying, too, like something like Hawkeye or Miss Marvel. Um, those a little bit more, I don't want to say pulpy books, but it's not like the big, over-the-top theatrical superhero stuff. It, it's the slice of life, kind of like you said, and they just happen to have powers or abilities in it. Yeah. yeah I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to that. Chris, what are you looking forward to? Sorry, I was burping. Um, this coffee's getting me. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to a number two because I somehow missed the number one when this came out. And this is Titan's Hunt, number two, uh, written by Dan Abnett with art by Paolo Sequeira. Uh And this is the secret history of the Teen Titans with Dick Grayson hot on the trail of a young Atlantean named Garth. Uh, Wait. Garth seems... Isn't Garth Beast Boy's name? That's Gar. Oh, Okay. Uh, Garth, you may know better as Tempest. Okay. okay. Not my fish who died, but Aqualad. Okay, and who's the Robin in, in, in Titans right now? Well, that's actually in Teen Titans. It's Red Robin, but this is oh. kind of going back into the untold New 52 history of the original Teen Titans oh. with Dick Grayson, Hawk and Dove, Arsenal. Okay. Um, this is... The, the unseen history. So you, what you're saying is uh, Damian Wayne won't be there. So uh, Oc- uh, Tempest won't say party on Wayne, and he won't say party on Garth. I'm going to choose not to respond to that. Okay. That, that seems <laughs> um, fair. Uh, but come on, know, Wayne's World reference. It, it was. good. Paul, have you seen Wayne's World or just hear people talk about no, it? No, I've seen both Wayne's Worlds. Okay. I would give my left eye to watch it again. <laughs> Well done, Paul. I I, I I give you points for this. Uh, I've always loved the Titans or the Teen Titans or Young Justice, Outsiders, any of the legacy heroes kind of standing on their own together. And I like the fact that they're kind of addressing the fact that they haven't really talked about them too much in the New 52 by giving them this limited series. Um, 12 issues, so it's definitely got a starting and end point, and hopefully... You know, it kind of delivers what I want this to be. I'm just glad that they're rebuilding the legacy aspect of the DC universe because, honestly, the new DCU, I thought they uh, threw the baby out with bathwater by eliminating basically every legacy character. Uh, and to yeah. me, like that's, and we've talked about it time in and time out, but like that's what made DC, like mm-hmm. my DC. You know, like that's what I yeah. grew up on Marvel. I was not a Superman, Batman fan growing up. And then in my 20s, it was just like, wow, like the history is there with these characters. Mm-hmm. And I keep punching the table and I make my hand gestures. <laughs> it's okay, it happens. And 
now a dramatic reading from Avatar, The Last Airbender, Volume 1, The Promise, page 44, panel 2. Fully Neo, Hotman! That was a dramatic reading from Avatar, The Last Airbender, Volume 1, The Promise, page 44, panel 2. That is one of my favorite things from Avatar: The Last Airbender, and in fact, I use it quite a bit between us. Uh, he, we like we keep in track with each other like on Messenger and Facebook. Like that's how mm-hmm. we have a th- we have a thread open for every like show news and just friend stuff that we talk about. So we'd like make plans or say do something, and Paul would always say Flamio Hotman. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea what he was talking about, and finally I got so fed up. I was like, I'm. Just, I looked it up, and I was like, Oh, it's from Avatar. Like. And I like I see where it's from, and I'm just like, this is the most random out there. Like it's only said once in the entire series. Like why would Paul remember that one thing and then use it Paul like it's common? Avatar. Like it's common. Like everybody knows what it means. I got it when he said it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it's but used like, quite a bit in that one episode. I was like, these guys talk about something. I have no idea what. And it's like a year and a half goes by, and I'm finally like, I'm done with this bullshit. What does this mean? Well, it's one of those things that Paul says it, like, so frequently that it's in his lexicon now. And and, uh, normally when we do the dramatic reading, we're just grabbing a book and we're picking a page and a panel at random. It's literally just flipping open the book. Mm -hmm. Whatever panel grabs your attention, that's the one. But for, for this one, since we're talking about Avatar The Promise, when I was going through reading, I was like, if I have to pick the panel for Paul, I'm doing this one because he just says it so much. How could I not? Uh, I, I read that panel. I'm like, oh, blame me hot. And I didn't even, like, it didn't register. So they're like, Paul, come on. You know what you're reading. And I'm like, no, I have no idea. Because it's, it is, like John said, it's just part of my lexicon. Like, I said that! <laughs> Wait, you said it's part of my lexicon? <laughs> I'm drinking a bourbon barrel Let me beer right check now. The tapes. <laughs> Paul, Paul, I think you've been drinking too much. Uh, but no, no, it's no. Sunday, and the bills aren't playing. I'm not drinking enough. Chris goes, Chris goes. I know exactly what it's going to be, and I go, Oh, I know. Paul's like, Huh? What could it be? <laughs> and I text it. I text it to Chris, and I hit, hit send. And then you hear like Chris take the picture of the thing. Boop boop sends, and then you hear him receive a message and then laugh. And then I get the message back where it's just the the frame, and I'm like, yeah, I was totally right. Yeah, it made sense as soon as I. Heard. I, I knew, I knew you knew too, because what else would it be for Paul? Right. For that panel, it was like what I was going to read for you guys. For me, it was just another panel in the book. Uh, and Paul mentioned that we are drinking a barrel aged beer, mm-hmm. and something I very rarely ever do is buy a stone beer. Mm-hmm. Stone is. They do a very good job at what they do, but they're not they're not for me. They're not really what I go after. Uh, but when I saw I could pick up a barrel aged arrogant bastard from them for two ninety nine, I said, Yes, I will do that. Maybe it will be good. Yeah, and maybe it won't. I don't know if it's because we drank those two stouts and it's just like shifting so much gears going into these but do you get like a lemony flavor to this i get a uh like glue like take that elmer's glue that's right there 
and just lick that and then taste that beer and tell me it doesn't taste exactly the same as Elmer's glue. Uh, I actually have a little bottle of lemon of Elmer's glue out on the table because uh, one of my X-Wing... Uh, no, the glue tastes better. <laughs> X-Wing models from X-Wing Star Wars Miniatures, uh, which John and I review and talk about on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, one of my models, uh, I had a little bit of a broken piece, so I was gluing it back together. Oh, no. and that's, Did you just glue the thing on? Yeah, the yeah, the base, because that fell off. Um, uh uh, you, didn't, you didn't do a very good job. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> we use Elmer's glue. I, you like, you've built like amazing things. You do all this cool stuff. This is like the worst <laughs> glue job in the history of you know, gluing anything to a small stick. <laughs> yes. Uh, Paul, you know, I of course died so you could do that. <laughs> how dare how dare you besmirch his memory? I besmirch him because. You know why? Because I, I I stopped in the middle of me gluing it. Like I was holding it, holding. Oh it, holding wait! It. I got to read Avatar. <laughs> like I put it down because the doorbell rang. Um, you know, life gets in the way. And John's not taking a picture. And look for that on our Facebook page. Uh, and also look for our uh, little talk about X Wing Star Wars X Wing Miniatures game, the tabletop game, on our YouTube channel. Because that's fun. Yeah, it'll be on our Facebook page as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, next week we're what. what what board game are we that's coming out this week? Uh, I will say this. In the picture, there's a reflection of me in this growler. Uh-huh. And it looks like I have a great big black beard, but it's my phone in front of me. Oh. <laughs> well, so you, you can see this, listeners, on our Facebook page. Um, but what board game are we reviewing this week, John? I don't know. What? what? I, I was wondering. Are we out we of... Have, we, are, no, no. We, oh. we have them. What have we... I, I don't know. I you tell me. One. Witness. We're Witness. reviewing the, uh, the, the, the the board game Witness, which is a lot of fun for four players and four players only. Look for that coming up on YouTube. Oh, who gets to be the little Amish boy in it? Uh, that is uh, that is a good question. Nobody. 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 Nobody's seen that movie. No, I like Witness quite a bit. Kate does oh, not like it at all. I don't know my algebra and other stuff. Uh, but we're talking about the the Avatar Volume One, The Promise. Uh, this takes place right after the series ends. Uh, basically, the day after the very last episode of the uh, Nickelodeon television show that this is based off of, and the original writers all come back to uh, write this story. Uh, and it follows. Basically, Prince Zuko is now uh, Fire Lord Zuko, and he, you know, ends the war by declaring that the war is over with all the other fire nation with all the other nations. If you have not watched the cartoon show, then honestly, uh, this review will mean nothing to you, and I feel bad. Definitely. And you should go back and watch it because it is a fantastic show. It is. It is one. Even of the- if you're one of those people that's like, oh, cartoons, no, like it, this has some heart to it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those great epic stories, one of those great character journeys, and when you get into season two and you meet Toph, it just skyrockets from there, and it's just like, buckle your seatbelts, full force, let's go. Like, and it's just a roller coaster from then on. You know, you might think the first few episodes are a little slow, and I get that, but I think it's worth worth your time. Um, so, honestly, if you haven't watched the show, sorry, you can basically go into our next episode and and we'll see you next week. Um, 
but this goes to Fire Lord Zuko. He's he's, uh, he's declared the war over, but now comes the really the story that we never see in in fiction much, which is how the war is over. Now, how to accomplish peace? Now, now it's like the reconstruction era of the four nations, mm-hmm. which which is like uh, originally they agreed that they would just you know, take all the colonies that the Fire Nation has built in the Earth Kingdom and just move everybody back to the Fire Nation. Unfortunately, it's been over 100 years, and some people, you know, have families that are basically Earth Kingdom families with Fire Nation families, and just relocating people just won't work because the whole that colony was built by the Fire Nation, you know, over 100 years, and, and maybe Zuko... Um, and his rush to gain peace kind of forgot about his his duty as the Fire Lord to keep his people in mind. And uh, Zuko is afraid of becoming his father. And here's the titular line. He makes Aang promise him that he, if he ever starts seeming corrupt, seeming like he's turning into his father, that Aang will end him. And uh, that that is the promise that Aang ma- makes. And now that Zuko... Is uh, caught between a, you know this really hard decision about how what to do with these Fire Nation colonies in the Earth Kingdom, uh, you know, trying to find a way to 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 bridge a gap between the two warring nations, uh, whether and also to do right by his own people. We see the conflict uh, engage and Aang being tested whether or not he should fulfill his promise to Zuko, which is. Maybe kill him. There's a yeah, lot. Of this sounds there. like a lot. It is, but also it's no more than you would have in like an actual episode of the show. Uh, and this is what disappointed me and made me angry about this and wasn't that much of a fan of this. Okay. Obviously, they have more stories to tell. Why not just keep going on with that show? Nickelodeon didn't want to. They booked three seasons of it. And but then they come back and like do it again later on. Like they bring back the series just in a new telling. They brought back the series with a new set of characters because Nickelodeon wanted a new set of characters, and originally they were only going to get one, and they had to fight to get the other three done. And, and then, then the, the third, the third they didn't even air; they aired. put it up online. Yeah. So it's well, but the, they didn't air it because it was doing so much better online than it was. Yeah, because people. On the People want it. Well, a small group of people really want it, and not enough to, for ratings for the television series. So that's why, like, they were done. Like they, their, anyways, their contract is with with a uh, this television contract. The book picks up right after it. You get all the characters. They interact the way you want. But I'm reading them, mm-hmm. and it's not the same as seeing them and having them played out. Yeah. And it loses that little bit. I, I still enjoyed reading this, mm-hmm. but I just felt like the well, sweet n- nuts to them. I could have seen this. Screw everybody. You know, that's how I felt. That's how I felt coming out of here was just like, screw everybody. I want to see this. I don't want to have to read it. See, I I had no problems reading it, and it could be because mm-hmm. I've been conditioned by years of reading the Buffy and Angel and Serenity comic books that I'm just happy to go back into these universes mm-hmm. again, no matter what the format is. And I think something like Avatar, mm-hmm. that's just so bright and colorful and 
fun but can still be heavy is perfect for something like comics. Yeah, and especially because it's an art style that can easily make that that jump to a comic book. Um, some of the biggest complaints about the books like Buffy and Angel were when you make the jump from the screen to comic book, the likenesses aren't always there. Like characters don't look the same. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have that problem. Well, it, what's Avatar. crazy with Buffy and stuff like that, those licensed properties, is sometimes they don't have the rights to use the actors and actresses' likenesses in the comic book series. So they have to get close, but not close enough where they could be sued for using their likeness. So it, it, it gets really weird with uh, some of the legalese. But at least with the, a, a cartoon series, like, nope, these are the characters. You use the character designs. Yeah, they're all on model. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and what I did appreciate it is it looks just like another episode of the cartoon. And I was able to read it in the characters' voices. Like, mm-hmm. I think for the most part, everyone was pretty much on point. Yeah, I, I didn't like the constant use of Sweetie, like between but Aang and... But at the same time, like, that was yeah. the gag. Like, yeah. that would have been the joke in the episode where mm-hmm. Aang and Katara are just calling each other sweetie all the time. And it's. And it annoyed every other character on the page. Exactly. As well, like, so. that's. Give them the oogies. Yeah. <laughs> you, have to, you have to read it through that, mm-hmm. like, watching the cartoon lens. And I could see where that could be, like, a little bit of a disconnect. But if you think in those terms when you're going into the book, like, it, yeah, it, it works on paper, pun intended. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised by, you know. I shouldn't be surprised how deep this book tries to go in its 80 pages, but it goes there. It's it's definitely one of those stories where it's where from both sides, Ang side and Zuko side, it's heavy is the heavy is the head that wears the crown. You know, you got the Avatar, and now you got this newly crowned Fire Lord, and they both have a very specific job to do. Ang needs to bring balance to the world by supporting the four nations, and Zuko has to find a way to garner peace but keep his own people's needs in mind and yeah, they're both going through those growing pains yeah uh, uh, now before they were fighting a war they were entrenched in the struggle and the struggle was clear there's one enemy we gotta knock down the fire lord and zuko had his whole like uh, uh, you know the struggle was i have to find the avatar and capture him so it's clear cut now they're it's it's a grown-up problem. It's a bigger issue. There's more complexity. There's nuance to it. And, and man, this book is trying to find that. And it, like I said in the intro, I don't think any other work of fiction that I, I know that I have read has really dealt with find, ending a war but then finding peace. You know, It's now that struggle, which I think is a very interesting story to tell. Well, for me, like the the kind of like oh crap moment of the book is when Aang does reunite with Zuko after I forget how long it's been. One year. Mm-hmm. One year. Okay, thank you. Um, and he, they're just kind of having that standoff, and Zuko just almost points the finger at Aang. He's like, "This is what happens because you defeated the Fire Nation." And then Aang just kind of has to turn around, and be like, "No, this is what happened because we had to take down your father." Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like that, yeah, they're both thinking in terms of what everything meant to them. Mm-hmm. And now Zuko's, I don't want to say he's been poisoned, but he's being forced to think in 
a bigger way than he had to before because before it was all about him. Mm-hmm. It was about restoring his honor, like taking out his sister, you know, fighting mm-hmm. against his dad. And now heavy is that head, like you said. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting story. I wish for the price point that I got more than the 80 pages. Like, even at seven ninety nine, dollars uh, it's a trade. You know, it's. I don't think it's quite large enough to, to warrant a full trade price. I would. I, th- I think at the time this is. Sorry, John. You were going to say something, and I kind of cut you off. No, no. Go for it. Um, when these came out, I believe they were a little bit more of an oversized hardcover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't yeah. mean oversized just with the page count, but just the art style and like the the book like the size page dimensions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was a little bit more blown up. Yeah, um, and I, there's probably like extra stuff in the back, like concept art and things too, that you just didn't get in here. But I'm not 100 percent because it gives you like all the other pages, like the oh. blank page after the title page, all that stuff. So I don't know. Uh, and the other thing with this is like saying about the page count, like it's 80 pages, but it's like you have. Again, like it's coming from that being a book to that, but you're paying, you're paying for that. It is a blank page. Yeah, you paid for a blank page, you paid for a title page, you paid for just a picture. Of yeah, yeah, the, the gang. Like an internal cover. You paid for another title page. You know, then you have. It feels like maybe this is this book is maybe two episodes long, worth of story. You know, it's it's deep and it's rich. And it's great to h- hang out with these characters again in a new adventure, but it's basically two episodes, and you can go on YouTube or not YouTube, but on like iTunes and buy like the HD versions of an episode for a dollar ninety nine. So like you're, what you were saying, John, like you kind of wish you could see it. I yeah. think if we saw it, the price to us would have been a lot lower. If this were two episodes and you could watch these two episodes, mm-hmm. would you pay seventy nine seven ninety nine? No, I, I paid full price when season three came out. Uh, as soon as it was hitting, because it was being released like day and date on iTunes, and I paid full price for the season pass on that. For I paid forty four forty nine ninety nine. So if you for season three, if they said, but that was twenty two episodes worth if, of content. If they said for fifteen dollars, you can get a completely new storyline that takes place. Right after, you know, right after the main series, written by the guys who did the series, it's going to look just like the series, and there's going to be fifteen dollars for four episodes. Would you pay that? Uh, I probably would because I love Avatar. But so I much. mean, fifteen dollars for basically that would be like a mini series. That would be a movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I, I think too at this point, like you said, it was seven ninety nine for the book. Yeah. Okay, so like $8 for a special like hour-long movie. Would you have done that? Yeah, yeah, because only because of my fandom for this series. Like, I, I don't... And, you and missed, that's what I'm you trying to say. You missed the sale. Yeah. What I, that's what I'm trying to say. I don't think... If other people like this series and were like, oh, cool, but they're done with Avatar The Last Airbender, and they're, and they're like, oh, that would be kind of neat to see what happens next... They don't have that rabid fandus that I have for it. Um, I can totally understand people walking away and being like, no. And I, I, I don't think there's enough here for somebody that has a passing fandom. 
Like, if you guys were to buy this, I would be like, ooh, you guys probably spent too much. <laughs> but since I bought it, like, and I love the series, and I'm, I'm just like, yeah, I just kind of, I need that DLC pack, you know? I, It's like uh, Mass Effect, you know? I need that, you know, $15 worth of DLC for an hour-long adventure that really does nothing for me, uh, yeah, other than kind of expand out the story just a little tiny bit. Like, it, it's it's the tax of the fandom, I think. It's a fandom tax. Now, I'm just, I'm kind of going through just in comicsology looking at the like series and each part of it like the promise part two mm-hmm. promise part three the search part one search part two search part three the rift part one rift part two rift part three uh and then the volume 10 smoke and shadow part one they're all like 79 78 80 pages mm-hmm. um, yeah and that makes it difficult for me <laughs> you know because it What's great is the story moves along quickly. They're getting a lot of information out there, but it doesn't feel bogged down. Uh, but then again, I, I feel like I want more. I want. I wish the promise part one through three was here, and that I could have paid like fifteen ninety nine for it, and not twenty three ninety nine, which I'll end up paying. You know? And I think this is a little bit like we were talking about. Like I just looked up Lumberjanes. Yeah, Lumberjanes was like, yeah. and it's horrible that we're doing this two times in a row on these books. Four episodes, I mean, four issues, and that is fourteen ninety nine. And I think Chris, what you paid the first volume you got on sale, it was like seven ninety nine. Yeah. So seven ninety nine we felt was worth the hundred and thirty two pages. Seventy nine, seven ninety nine is not worth eighty pages. <laughs> I hate to. You know. Now, if you pick this up and it was that hard book, hardcover, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. over a little bit oversized book edition, you wouldn't mind paying the seven ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, because then I'm getting a tangible thing. I'm getting that hardcover here in the digital format. I'm just swiping, you know, and I'm not getting that tangible feel. I don't get that nuance. I don't get something to point at my shelf, even though it's kind of silly. Because really, who looks at bookshelves anymore? You do. Because you have yeah, that moment you where you're in here and you're like, man, what do I... Avatar. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you see, you see physically in your shelf, and it will remind you of your love for that series and enjoying reading the book. Yeah. Where once you've taken it off your download, you know, mm-hmm. out of your, off your device, you're never going to think of that again until you're looking for a dramatic reading. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Hotman. You know, because yeah. I think that's that's basically it. Like some of these series, I keep Hawkeye yeah. on my device because it's something that I will constantly go back to. It's the more disposable nature of digital. Yeah, and I think I mean you're paying those comic book prices because it is. I mean, digital still isn't the full on thing. It's mm-hmm. become our thing, but that's because we don't go out. Like, yeah. I I mean one of the, one of the favorite things about having. The, dig- the, the digital is waking up like on a Wednesday when I have the day off and buy my comic books mm-hmm. from my bed and being able to read them, read it while I walk downstairs, read it while I'm making my coffee, and then read it while I'm sitting on my couch drinking my coffee. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just trying to think of Avatar in a different way, more for myself, because 
I, I want to see how much the subsequent uh, trades were, and they're all around seven ninety nine to eight ninety nine. Uh, the most recent one, volume ten, is still eighty pages, but that's at five ninety nine right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to look at another book that I love, something that I read in issues as it was coming out, and I actually looked up Runaways over on Comicsology, mm-hmm. and the volumes of that are anywhere from six ninety nine to ten ninety nine, and they range in anywhere from like 100 to like 120 pages. Yeah. Like a little so bit. you're you're looking at about the same price but you're getting another 20 pages on top of yeah, it. Yeah, one whole one extra comic basically. Now, would you be willing to if they gave you another 20 pages would you pay like another like a dollar on top of that avatar price? You know what? It it might be. It might just be because I feel that it's, there's a, this definitely ends with a cliffhanger. It doesn't feel like a complete story. And when mm. I bought this story, you know, bought it, I was thinking I was going to get a whole thing. Well, it does not. say The Promise Part 1. Yeah, Part 1. But even the Part 1s of... Actually, no, because those last three episodes of Avatar were definitely had to be viewed all in one sitting. Um, yeah. But, you know, I was hoping for a more complete kind of thing and I, I didn't get that and see i'm, I'm kind of surprised you feel that way because as someone that you brought into mm-hmm. avatar this really delivered for me i i want to see where this goes i want to oh yeah i, want I was to upset you I hadn't just, bought too i wish i had it already <laughs> i wish i had it for this price i wish like just that moment of zuko going back to ozai and like sitting yeah. down with him like this it's, it's not and the fact well. that there's like four other parts of the series, like the promise, like mm-hmm. th- but, this is a bigger story than I think mm-hmm. I originally expected it. And to playing be. playing your devil devil's advocate, hey. Paul. There we go. When we talked about this last time, mm-hmm. you broke it down: three ninety nine, three fifty for an issue. Mm-hmm. This is two issues. This was never released yeah. as issues. Well, I'm just saying. Right. You're, yeah, he's saying for the for mathematics sake. Okay, mathematics okay. sake. You're getting a little more. Yeah. Than two issues worth here. Mm-hmm. Getting almost four. Or okay, so if it was being priced yeah. IDW pricing of three ninety nine, then yeah, I am getting it. Even even just Dark Horse. Well, this is Dark Horse. Yeah. yeah. Dark. Well, that's what I was saying. Like if Dark Horse pricing, but you're three ninety nine for forty pages. That would be a a great price for a book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm definitely. The thing is, and I you're feel paying like for, I'm, you're paying for the licensing. Yeah. And I, you're paying I'm, for those guys coming back to redo the series. You're paying for that artist to make the book look like that series. And I don't think seven ninety nine. Yeah. I, I don't want to pay it, uh-huh. but I'm trying to talk you into paying oh, it because I, I want to. I already admitted to saying that. <laughs> like I, I'm on the hook. I'm going to pay the nerd tax on this, yeah. like the fandom tax on this, because I, and I, but I do believe it's definitely a fandom tax that I'm paying. I don't think, and, especially well, I, for the digital. I think it's that way for any of these kind of licensed books that are continuing the stories. You're going to be paying at least three fifty to four dollars for a regular like twenty two page issue. So you're actually getting a little bit more out of it if you think like, hey, I'm buying two months worth of books at once for eight dollars. Yeah. You're you're definitely it doesn't seem it when you're buying it and you're reading it, but you are you're, you're you, thinking trade paperback prices at that point. Like you're paying like almost ten dollars for eighty pages. And you're getting I mean, you are getting a value for your dollar. All right. Here. Right here. Hardcover on BarnesandNoble.com. The promise. 
all the parts together, 240 pages, 1886. Buy it. Get the hardcover. Yeah, that's that's a great price. That's a great price, right? Like, you, you, I, and this is the thing we talked about last week: is send me that link that you yeah. Christmas for you, buddy. <laughs> it is, and, and it's uh, you so should just go to uh, bagboard.com/slash/amazon and buy it right from there. Uh, plug, li- plug. And this is the library edition, apparently. Ooh, does it come plug. with a card? Well, do you have like, to return it to Amazon? Dark Horse instead of saying omnibus or something like that, they always called it the library edition for whatever reason. So that's basically six dollars and twenty-eight cents per trade. So, and I'm getting the hardcover, getting it for the shelf. Looks a little nicer. It does look a little nicer. So I, I, when I buy it for you, I'm opening up and reading it, and then I'm giving oh, it oh, to yeah, you as you should. Right. I, I think this is something that kind of needs to be said too. Like you're referring to it as like the fandom tax or the nerd tax. Mm-hmm. And this book is made for those people that are buying it to see the story continued on. Oh, yeah, so yeah. right off the bat, you have more of a buy-in price because you already have something invested in it. I don't think someone's just going to be walking into the store <laughs> looking for something to read and like picking this up off the shelf because it mm-hmm. looks bright and colorful. I think. Oh yeah, it's made for the fans. It's made. For the, the- yeah, they're they're targeting you <laughs> and. You might have to just pay that little bit more of a premium to get it, you know. And I mean, the cartoon was also like to kit those people who were into the the Magna books, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it 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 in itself is fan service. <laughs> uh, so just to kind of like in summation, do we think this delivers on the promise? Huh? Huh? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I think if you're hardcore fan if you're like me it does deliver what you wanted but man does it leave you wanting more and i guess that's what they want to do you know they want to leave you wanting more because they got two more issues two more books to sell you so and they got me they got me hook line and, sinker. and then this like the two books after are called the rift <laughs> well yeah so I don't even know what that's about, man. Like I just oh. want to say, Paul promised me this was about Aang and uh, Zuko going to find his mother. That's the search. That's apparently the search, and not the promise. Sorry, <laughs> you, you. I. I. But got here's the thing. Between all, no of matter them. what, like if Paul told you, like, oh, you know, this book is about, you know, what happens right after the show, where like, they're kind of at odds with each other over the, their respective nations, like. You would want to read that too, right? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just going to look up. I just wanted to see what this book cost on the uh, Dark Horse app. Oh, okay. I'm surprised you still have the Dark Horse app after uh, they kind of got absorbed into Comicsology. Because the books that I bought on the Dark Horse app don't transfer over. Oh, uh, makes sense then. But you know what does transfer over? Transfer over your likes and reviews over on the iTunes page because we love those ratings and reviews. It kind of helps other people find the show. Uh, what's even better than that is you uh, just you know Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Uh, if you're going home for Thanksgiving, go to your parents' computer and just start downloading all of our episodes on their computers. They'll love it. <laughs> they, they they don't know. Just make a new form. You know wherever you used to hide your porn on your parents' computer. Just download our episodes and hide it there as well. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know. They're parents. Why not? Uh, they can also get in contact with us over at our Facebook page. And I'm talking about them as in your parents. 
uh, over on our Facebook page uh, at Bagna Board or Bagna Board and Twitter Bagna Board and Instagram and uh, swipe swipe left on Tinder. We do it all. Swipe left on Grinder. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) We had bourbon. Paul's talking about things. Uh, the other day at dinner, my dad was over, and he goes, um, he bought, like, I had, I had sent him a thing that, like, Buckwheat Zydeco was coming to Buffalo, who it's Buckwheat from the Little Rascals, and he has a Zydeco band. Hmm. And uh, we used to listen to him when I was littler, you know, smaller. Uh, so he bought, for his birthday, he bought us tickets to go see it. <laughs> and he bought Caitlin a ticket and my sister a ticket. So Caitlin goes, oh, where's it at? And he just looks at her and is like, what? And he's like, <laughs> Where is it? Like, I, did I offend you? And he's like, "What are you talking about?" It just made me the way I said "what" to you made me think of that. What? But where is the? Where is it? I don't know. He didn't tell us. Showplace Theater? Like, I don't know. Like, no, Ironworks. The Ironworks. Where is that? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> don't know where the Ironworks is. No, I don't. No, I think it's like downtown by the Ironworks. <laughs> Here's by the Ironworks guys. Yeah. Zydeco van, because that music doesn't get old and repetitive real quick. Nope. <laughs> Have you listened to music, Paul? <laughs> no, I don't listen to music. I'm too busy listening to podcasts like this one. And, and then rating and reviewing them over on the iTunes. Exactly. 